Hi, my name is Frida Walsh, and I'm a junior biology major here at Elon. Currently, you're listening to Where They Have Gone and Where We Will Follow. My job is to facilitate connections between students and alumni and highlight the alumni's amazing accomplishments. I created this podcast as an aspect of student-alumni connections in hopes that it will help your life pre- and post-grad and give the alumni stories a voice. Each episode will contain a variety of content, whether it's snake trapping, tips on how to get into grad school, new scientific discoveries, or advice on how to unwind. On today's very first episode, our guest is Ian Easterling, a 2014 graduate of Elon Biology. I'm Ian Easterling. I'm a biologist at the Conservancy of Southwest Florida. I graduated Elon at um, in 2014. I had a major in integrative biology and I minored in psychology as well as environmental and sustainability studies. So that was kind of what I did at Elon. I didn't go to grad school, so I'm I'm just me, a humble bachelor. Awesome, Ian. Thank you for letting me interview you. Recently, Dr. Vandermas said you've been in the news. Can you talk a little bit about that and your job at the Conservancy? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, so you guys are probably seeing an article uh, posted about the largest python by mass that's ever been caught in Florida. Um, so I was fortunate enough, as well as, you know, happen to be working with the team. Um, we uh, use male snakes that we call scouts um, and we use radio telemetry to track them. So we follow them around um, during a specific time of year, the breeding season, they are finding, you know, females. And so we find those females, uh, capture them and then remove them from the ecosystem. So it's a pretty uh, intensive research and removal project. Uh, we put a lot of emphasis on the removal. We want to be actively, you know, con- uh, removing snakes. Um, we're not trying to just study them to death. We are literally catching them and removing them from the environment so that they are not causing additional damage while also trying to collect as much information as we can um, on, you know, habitat selection, prey, um, you know, other behavioral traits and things that might give us a and land managers specifically a a beneficial look into how to get after this problem. Hmm. That sounds pretty amazing. So can you elaborate on how your job is important in a biological and ecological standpoint for the state of Florida and even the world? Well, um, I don't want to say I'm overly important. I would say that the, the project itself is really interesting because we are kind of on the cutting edge of an issue. It's been an issue for a long time. Um, but it was kind of unaddressed until like the last basically 10 years. And because of that, um, we're learning things that very few people on the planet know. So for example, when we captured that snake, we were the only people on the planet that knew that wild Burmese pythons in Florida got up and over 200 pounds. So that was a really interesting, um, you know, endeavor. We are trying to learn as much as we can. And so that's really exciting um, thing because um, it's been referred to um, by colleagues basically as this idea of a of a silent spring. Uh, Tim Tetzloff at the zoo at the Naples Zoo, who's a partner of ours, uh, they give us um, funding, uh, which is unheard of. A nonprofit giving another nonprofit some money, so yay, uh, especially to do science. But anyway, um, there are. Uh, he said, "This is like Silent Spring." This is like this thing is under our feet and it eats everything. And pretty soon we're not going to notice or we're going to notice that there's nothing there anymore. So it's a really important issue ecologically. We know they make a giant impact. Um, If, you know, I've 
been a part of the team that's removed 26,000 pounds of python. Um, and if you think of that in terms of biomass, that could be over 50,000 pounds of native wildlife that was consumed in order to help build that up. Um, it also prevents, you know, the population from growing by targeting the adult females. So like ecologically, it is, I mean, pretty important. Um, but we're, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. It's, you know, two people and uh, uh, an intern. So, you know, two full-time people dedicated to this problem on one side of the state. Our study area is probably 100 square miles. Um, we have expanded since I started. Um, but it's definitely a heavy lifting uh, a pr project. We're not going to get them all. Um, but the hope is that every, we hope everyone understands it's not just an awareness thing now. It's a, we are after these things. We are trying to, we know they're here. We know that they're not just escape pets anymore. They're wild. They're breeding in our ecosystem and they are taking it over slowly. So we are, we are just trying our, our damnedest really to, <laughs> to get after these things. Even with three people though, your job seems pretty important. Can you explain how you got from Elon University all the way to pulling out 200 pound pythons out of the earth? And so when I was at Elon, I was doing a lot of internship at um, the uh, Conservator Center or the Animal Park at the Conservator Center is what it's called now. Um, and they uh, kind of helped me foster my passion for wildlife education. Um, you know, so I learned a lot. I did all my biology like learning in class at Elon. And then I did my like passionate um, and educational stuff. Um, there. So right after graduating, I got a job um, as a guide out in um, Grand Teton National Park in Yellowstone. And so you get an opportunity to see a bunch of fun megafauna. Everybody, like if you're an animal person, those are the wildlife everybody wants to work with. Like I want to work with the bears. I want to work with the wolves, you know, but I got to, uh, instead of doing the science component, I was more education focused. And so I'm, um, you know, seeing these things every day and it builds a, like wow like the bigger picture you know the forest through the trees seeing these things and I you know Wyoming gets cold so <laughs> eventually I was like you know I think I need to choose something else um and then I was fortunate enough to to earn an internship in the education team here so one of the things I kind of noticed in general with science is it's really um very dense obviously um, not unless you're passionate for it, it's really easy to understand when you're passionate for it. But for those of us that think that science is scary, um, it's a really dense material. And so one of the things that's super beneficial is uh, looking at it from the perspective of a storyteller or someone who can be an educator. So this is one of the things that I was really interested in the most. So yeah, I, I would say that it's like you you learn all these concepts and then you have to figure out a way to speak English afterwards. So that was kind of our, that was kind of my, I guess, goal. And then I was, I honestly lucked into this job because I was here working in education and I wanted to volunteer like doing field science. Um, they have a sea turtle project here that's been going on. So like the longest running loggerhead um, sea turtle monitoring program in the United States, at least I think. And then we, you know, we had the, uh, at the time uh, they were doing, they were transitioning out of monitoring Florida Panthers, which are exciting, you know, big animals, for, you know, but uh, I reached out and the only uh, team that answered me back that said they were willing to let me volunteer was the Python team. So I got out and I got to track, um, learn how to use the, the telemetry gear, see the snakes in the wild. And I was like, wow, this is really cool, you know? So you come to Florida, you're not looking for elk and bears, you know, you're looking for you're looking for snakes and lizards and turtles and alligators and then all the birds and everything like that. So it's just a different type of life, you know? And so that's sort of how I got into it was um, 
I volunteered and then I put on my resume that I am, you know, six, three, and I was 185 pounds at the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can lift things. So we got into that. It was kind of funny. Uh, it turns out that lifting and reaching was a really important component of this job. So <laughs> here I am. From what you said, you really followed your passions. So if you had any advice for students trying to follow their passions or a track like you, what would the advice be? Oh, that's a good question. Because to be honest with you, like, just frankly, like I was never a snake person to start. I was never a person that was like, yeah, I'm going to study snakes. Like I like snakes. I think they're cool, you know, but I was never the person that was going to be like, yes, we're definitely going to study snakes. You're going to, this is what you're going to do for your life. You know, um, my intern this year, Kyle Finley, who was there for the capture of that giant snake. Um, he's featured in the article too. He always knew that he liked catching snakes and turtles. So he's like Mr. Snakes and turtles. So he does everything snakes and turtles. Good for him, but not all of us are so lucky. Um, I would say that it's oftentimes you kind of have to, you know, take opportunities when you're, when you're gifted them and then you kind of rediscover what your passion would be. So for me, you know, I've always liked the human wildlife interface. Um, that was more my interest because, uh, so many of our incredible, um, megafauna specifically end up bumping heads with, um, human beings, um, conflicting with them because we're fighting for space as well as resources. And so for me, I, um, found, you know, big predators were compelling. Nobody likes them, you know, or if you like them, you like them from afar on the TV and then you think you like them, but then you get on the ground and you meet people that have to deal with them on a daily basis. And you're like, well, maybe I wouldn't want grizzly bears everywhere. So, um, the Python was a compelling start because everybody treats it like it's the bad guy. Everybody knows it's a bad guy. It was an invasive species. Um, obviously they're here of no fault of their own and no one gets to see them you know, in the wild in general, they're so cryptic. You don't get to see pythons on safari. You can see lions all the time, but you don't see pythons, you know, like you can go see tigers, but you can't just see pythons. And so it was a cool, like eye-opening, like, man, this thing is just under our feet and it gets huge and it's so impressive. And they have really cool behaviors and personalities to be honest. And it's like, you know, uh, so uh, without trailing off too much here, it, you, you find out that you, you can connect to something else. So you gotta, you gotta kind of stay the course. You gotta take the opportunities that are given to you, especially now with everything being so packed together, like, um, all the interns that come in now, uh, you know, I got lucky. I stuck with it and they gave me a job. People liked the way that I talked about the pythons and they liked the production that the team had when I was a part of it. So that's why I was had the opportunity to stay. I didn't go to grad school. I didn't get a master's degree. I didn't get a PhD. You know, I, I'm not going to end up a professor. But um, the thing is, is, you know, you got to like the opportunities kind of show up at your door. You got to have worked, you know, your 10,000 hours, become an expert biologist, and then just allow yourself to be flexible with what you like, you know, uh, and then you end up in some pretty awesome, interesting opportunities. That is really amazing to hear, and your perseverance is definitely inspiring. I think it will help a lot of students to know that just because you don't go to grad school doesn't mean you can't explore your passions or push through or find a job or do something you really want to do related to science. Do you feel like here at Elon you had a professor that truly impacted your passions and made you go further? Um. So... I thought that the entire bio biological department staff was really helpful in my growth and learning, um, trying to understand the science component of everything. Uh, but specifically, Dr. Dave Gammon, he um, 
he was my animal behavior teacher. He was my advisor and he kind of helped me foster my passion, helped me discover like, you know, some parts of the program, you know, were like meant for, for me. He gave me really good guidance on like, he's like, you know, you, your career, you want to build yourself up. But from what I can understand from what you're talking about, these specific things you're aiming at aren't what you actually want. You're looking at like big picture things. You're really interested in like the big stuff. So right when they changed the way that the major program happens, I was able to slide into integrative biology, which was a really, uh, was really like um, not super high level, you know, um, organic chemistry and like all of those like specific high higher reaching things it was more like the bigger picture of everything and then with uh, the minor in psychology and the minor in environmental sustainability studies like that was was kind of brought the whole animal behavior thing together um and it was uh, you know gave allowed me to stand out to be honest with you because so if it wasn't for that advice as well as taking that class i probably you know who knows if i would be so you know lucky as to be in this position but Yeah, that's really great and also something super important to acknowledge because I feel like one of the biggest things at Elon is people tend to push these really accelerated classes and sometimes that's just not your passion and you shouldn't have to feel the need to push yourself to these great lengths to still enjoy the field of science and really find what your niche is. I think that's something great is exploration and exploration of the different majors and the different topics um recently actually there's been a lot of debates about whether science majors should also have a double science minor thinking that people who don't have minors that other than science won't get a well-rounded education do you feel like coming to elon you got a well-rounded education um Elon's a liberal arts school. So there, the whole liberal arts thing is you want like a broad spectrum of balanced people. And I would say that um, for the most part, (laughs) science people are unbalanced. We're super focused on what we like um, and we want to help people. But the way we want to help people is by diving into something that's very specific. Um, And so, you know, we want to learn and we want to move things forward. Um, I would definitely say that I did fine with the the course load that I had I feel like there were opportunities for me to reach out and try to add something else that might have been beneficial for more general life stuff I mean anybody could say that you know you know how helpful would be a you know a minor in business be or anything but um, for my career path to make me stand out among other scientists I don't think that I could have had a better setup um, because we all come out with the same we all came out with the same degree, you know, like we're all biology degree, like majors. And so what's makes you stand out isn't necessarily your school. It's your, your uh, experience internship. I was, I was studied, you know, uh, Elon, they talk about that, you know, internship, studying abroad um, and research. Those are all really beneficial because the people that apply for our internship, for example, you know, if they have done research, that's going to stand out to me. You know, if they have worked with this, in you know in this field with this technology and they know what they're doing already that's a step ahead um but like for me i studied abroad in um in africa and that was super beneficial because it gave me more of the wildlife management um component i went to east africa with uh, the school for field studies and that was 
a really awesome experience. It was, you know, obviously very cool. Studying abroad was super interesting, but the most important component, I guess, of that was learning about the other problems and learning about like ways that, you know, there are so many different biological minds, like how can we all kind of work together to solve some, you know, bigger problems for, you know, for humanity, for biodiversity, for all that other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to agree and just say, just do what they say, you know, but I do think that, you know, for some people, it is good to be well-rounded. And then if you're not gonna, if you're, if you're going to do all school science stuff, maybe pick another experience that'll give you more uh, relevant life experience for just, you know, other tasks. I completely agree that it is important. And I think that you're right. Study abroad and internships and volunteering all these things allow us to get a well-rounded education, especially at our liberal arts school. It was really a pleasure for you to let me interview you, and I thank you, Ian, for being our very first guest on where they are now and where we will follow. Thank you guys for listening.